welcome to the Redeemer Students Podcast. My name is JT Stead and I'm your host. I'm also the student and outreach pastor here at Redeemer Church. And our student ministries exist to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Our whole goal is to come alongside parents and helping their kids follow Jesus Christ. And so what you're about to listen to is a sermon that was preached on our Wednesday night gathering from 6.30 to 8.30. And as you listen, I pray that you are encouraged and that you would be conformed more and more to the image of Jesus Christ as we behold Him in His glory. So thank you for tuning in and enjoy. If you were given a survey, and the first question was this, which word best is, is best associated with how teenagers or middle schoolers in today's society treat their parents? What word would come to mind? How middle schoolers view their parents? What's the, the average or the base level? How, how do middle schoolers normally think of their, or view their parents? Maybe you think of, is it the word honor? Do they honor their parents? Maybe it's unkind, indifferent, they don't really care, I don't care about my parents. Maybe they're bitter, angry, or disrespectful. What word best associates with how middle schoolers treat their parents or talk about their parents? I'm pretty sure that honor would not be one of those words. But just think about that. Think of what life would be like in our society if parents honored the Lord as their ultimate authority and you honored your parents or your guardian, those in authority over you. Tonight we're looking at the fifth commandment, which is the first command in the second table of the law. And so you've probably seen that image of Moses coming down with two stone tablets, right? Well, really, what that is, it's a good picture of what the two tables of the law are, but really that's just two copies of the Ten Commandments. But it's a good visual to think about the Ten Commandments in two sections. There's ten of them, but there's two sections. There's Commandments 1 through 4, which are all about our obligations towards God and worshiping God, right? We learned about the object of our worship, which is God, how we are to worship God, not to take the Lord's name in vain, our attitude in our worship, and then the time of worship on Sundays, right? It's all about worshiping God. And that's the first section. And then the second section is, is uh, commands 5 through 10, which is all about our obligation towards our neighbors. Jesus summarized the Ten Commandments by saying, These are the two greatest commandments. The first is you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Right? That's commandments one through four. Then he says, and the second is much like it. You must love your neighbor as yourself. That's commands five through ten. Jesus loved the Ten Commandments. He preached the Ten Commandments. And so tonight we are looking at that second section. It's the first commandment in the second section about loving your neighbor, about loving people, about loving one another. Your neighbor is everyone here. And beyond, not just your neighbor that lives next to you. And the point that I'm trying to make is that is this, that the fifth commandment is the foundational command for all the rest of commands 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. If we break the fifth commandment, it's probably because we broke commandments 1 through 4, ultimately. That's the foundation of worship of God. 
But to break the fifth commandment will lead to all the other things. That's why it's interesting to think about why God didn't say the fifth commandment when it starts to talk about how we're to love one another. He didn't start with murder or adultery. But he starts with authority. Honoring authority. It's the foundation. In other words, a culture of murder, sexual immorality, theft, lies, and greed are the results of, yes, forsaking God, but also it's the result of the God-given, it's, a, it's the result of the breakdown of the God-given family unit structure. Destroy the family. You got to get this. Destroy the family. Break the family apart. And, and, and what happens to society is that society crumbles. So you could look at a society, a nation, and if it's in disarray, you could ask the question, I wonder what the family structure is like in that nation. And I promise you, it will be destroyed. Single mothers, fathers, divorce rates through the roof, abortion through the roof, right? The displacement of children through the roof. Homosexuality, that's displacing the the family, traditional family unit. Transgender, all these things is a breakdown of the family structure. And what that leads is to chaos, disruption, despair, and a breakdown of society. And what do we see today, my friends? We are perhaps living in the most disrespectful age when it comes to authority. Disrespectful, authority-hating ages ever. There is a crisis when it comes to respecting authority. And we're living through it and watching it in real time. And my question to you is, Are you a part of that? We're seeing the downfall of our nation due to the rejection of God as our supreme authority and the breakdown of the fifth commandment. Let's read it together. What is the fifth commandment? Exodus 20, verse 12. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. You know, it's interesting when God goes to start to build a nation... He says, these are going to be the 10 foundational laws. And he puts in there honoring father and mother. Why? That your days may be long in the land and the Lord your, that the Lord your God is giving you. And this isn't just an Old Testament command. Also in the New Testament, Paul says this in Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, Paul says. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And so the core of this command is all about honoring authority, the God-given authority that he has placed in your life. God also in Scripture doesn't just call us to honor our parental authorities, but also the authorities in the church and also in the state, which is the government. But tonight we're just going to look at the parent, the family structure. Why? That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. There's a promise. This is the only command that has a promise to it. And the promise doesn't have much to do with like long life. Like if you obey, you're you're like, yes, I obeyed my parents today. I got one extra year of my life. I'm going to live long in the land. What it's talking about is, no, when you are living under the authority of your parents, honoring them, obeying them, revering them, there is blessings. You will live a blessed life. You know, all those 
TikTok videos and Instagram videos and YouTube videos of protesters and these young college-age kids yelling at their teachers. I bet you none of those kids were punished. As None of them were disciplined. None of them respect their parents. They, respect, they disrespect other authorities in their life and they disrespect their parents. They disrespect all authorities, especially God's authority. It's a breakdown of society. And so the question tonight is, how do we honor our father and mother? It's the deadliest sin for you guys. This is the deadliest sin for the middle schooler. It's your chief sin, but God calls us to honor them. So how can we do that? What does this mean? Because we love God. We've been saved by Christ. If you're a believer, we do this because we have been saved not to be saved. So because of what Christ has done for us, how can we honor our father and mother? First, this command means that you show reverence. It means to show reverence to your father and mother. Naturally, we are taught by Hollywood, culture, and friends that rebelling against authority is cool. It's the hip thing to do. You know, you watch, you know... Lion King, for example. Mufasa tells Simba not to go near, what, the, the, uh, the elephant graveyard and stuff. But it's like, you know, I'm the tough guy. I'm going to do that, right? It's, it's ingrained in your Disney movies. It's ingrained in culture that it is cool to stick it to your parents, right? They're the crazy ones. You know what's right. If you stand up to your parents and slander them in front of your friends, make some jokes, you're seen as cool. That is the cool thing to do. But it's crazy how that is the norm in our society when in ancient Israel, if you were to do such a thing, you would be stoned to death. It would be a capital punishment for disarming your father or mother. That's how serious God took this. And praise God, we're in the New Covenant. We're in the New Testament age. If that doesn't happen, we, none of us would be here, right? <laughs> Proverbs 15.5 says this, A fool despises his father's instruction. God in his wisdom and holiness revealed in, his, in this command as the, is the foundation for loving our neighbor. We need to revere our father and mother. Proverbs 30, verse 17. You should memorize this. In fact, Abby Houston has a song about it that you can memorize. It says this. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. It's a pretty crazy verse, right? You're going to be walking out of here. Where's the ravens? No. <laughs> the point is, is that there's punishment. There's consequences. God has bestowed upon your parents a responsibility to carry out his authority in the home. And someday that will be you. Now, I want to address you who come from broken families. Maybe you grew up in a home where your father is not an honorable man. Abusive has left you and your parents maybe. Or maybe your mother has left you. Your family is fractured. And you're like, Pastor JT, how can I honor my parents? When I don't, one, I don't live with them. And two, they're not honorable. They don't love Christ. They hate Christ. They hate God. They hate me. And I would say this to you. I would say, as long as you're under their roof, you are, you are called to come under their authority 
as best as you can, and the Holy Spirit will help you. You can't do that on your own. You need Christ Jesus to save you, to help you. But you can at least say, one day I might be a mother and a father, which I pray that for all of you. And you can at least revere or have respect for the position of a father and mother. Because it's important. God thinks that it's important. And so if you come in broken families, you're like, I don't have a dad. I don't have a mom. You could at least say, hey, God thinks fathers and mothers are really important. And I know some others in the church and I'm going to respect them. I'm going to respect the authorities in my life. Do you speak of fatherhood and motherhood in terms of honor? Girls, you go on Instagram today, you go on social media, and there is nothing but social media uh, uh, sites or pages that are all about dissing motherhood, complaining about motherhood. How do I know this? My wife shows me them. Complaining about the long days. And it is hard. But it's like dedicated to, it's like children are the worst, is those pages. It's like, no, that's not God's design. We need to speak of it in terms of honor. We need to revere authority. We live in a culture that hates authority, that likes to stick it to authority. But we need to be Christians, young men and women, who respect and revere God-given authority. Because to disrespect and not revere those authorities that God has placed in your life is to disrespect and not revere God. Second, we honor our father and mother by obedience. By obedience. To honor your, your parents is to obey from the heart. When they give you a command, it, it's not delayed obedience, which is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. When they ask you to do something, you do it first thing, right away, with a happy heart. The first thing that comes out of your mouth shouldn't be, Ugh. Oh, I had a long day. She's like, oh, you've had a long day? Seriously? You know? <laughs> hey, your little brother, I'm, I'm wiping him. He's pooping in his pants. I was up all night because your sister was throwing up. You've had a long day? Yeah. I come home and I'm like, hey, I'm tired. She's like, you're tired? I was up all night with the baby. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not tired at all. I'm not. I'm, I'm really good. First time obedience. No complaining. Why? Because you honor. You say, God, it's as if God is giving me this command. Now, if your parents give you a command that goes against God's word, that is causing you to sin, or commanding you to sin, do you obey? No, you do not. You do not obey. That's the only time you could resist authority. Government authority, church authority, your parents. is when they're coercing you to sin. But other than that, you are called to obey. No parent teaches their kids to disobey them. I'm seeing this in real time. My daughter, she is so cute. I got to show you this picture here. And I was at, in, I was pretty much at war with her the other day. We were in a war, a little battle. Where is this? The coffee room, the lobby coffee. Here we go. No, one's, no one teaches their kids to disobey. All right, here we go. It's already on there. Stop. Oh, no. I just got rid of it. No. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Here we go. All right. She's so cute. 
But I was literally in a battle with this woman the other day. I was. Look out. You know, she's, look at this. She's standing now. And you know who she looks like? That's me. Look at that. Look at the resemblance there. Look at that. Pretty crazy. She's so cute, right? She's so cute. I love being a dad. I never taught her to sin. Now, I was in a war with her. There's a coffee on the coffee table. It's right there. It's hot. She touched it. It's probably going to burn her. It's going to spill all over the carpet. Eden, no touch. Boo. That's, that's what everything is. She's pointing at it. I'm like, no touch. You got to listen to dad. No touch. She looks at me. She looks at it. <laughs> And totally grabs it. Totally does. I, you know, I grabbed her hand right then and there. And we're trying to learn how to properly discipline her already. She has a sin nature. Her nature is to rebel against authority. And I'm trying to teach her. No, don't go towards that, that, that light socket, right? Don't go towards the electrical socket. You're going to literally die if you touch that thing. I don't know if that's true. But it's for her good. And, and here's the thing. Is parents give you commands. And sometimes you're like, wow, these commands are killjoys. But just like the command that I'm giving my daughter, it's for her good. It's for her joy. Because I know that if she grabs the coffee and spills it on her, she's going to be crying. It's going to hurt. She's going to be in pain. I am for her joy. But there is something in her already that wants to rebel and not obey. And this could be a real problem because what if she's walking towards the street, towards danger, towards her death, and I say, Eden, no! And she doesn't listen. It leads to death. And that's the idea. The Proverbs talk about it. A fool does not heed his father and his mother's instruction. It will lead to Sheol. It will lead to death. You were called to honor by your obedience. And Jesus ultimately is our model for this, right? When Jesus was a boy, Mary and Joseph took him to Jerusalem for the Passover. And they were returning home. And they're like, yo, where's Jesus? He's not with us. So he's a little, he's a little tight, running around. He's probably a little bit older than that. But they, they couldn't find him. And so they go all the way back to Jerusalem. And Luke writes this. And it says, and, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was... Or they found him, they picked him up, and then they headed back home. And it says this about Jesus. That Jesus went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up these things in her heart. And I promise you, if you're submissive and obedient to your parents, they will treasure those things in their heart. And the point is this, is that Jesus, even as a child, was submissive. He obeyed. And he was perfect. And he had to obey imperfect parents. If anyone had an excuse to say, no, 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 you're wrong, it was Jesus. But he never did. He submitted. He came under. He obeyed. He honored his father and mother. Third, how do we honor our father and mother? So revere. We show reverence. We show obedience. Third, gratitude. Gratitude. Showing appreciation. When was the last time you looked your mom or your dad in the eye and you said, hey, mom, hey, dad. I just want you to know that I'm so thankful for you. I know you do so much for me that I don't say thank you for. That is glorifying to God. That is one way that you could show honor to your parents. 
The kids I grew up with, they got everything on a silver platter. And yet, we were very unthankful. We never said thank you. Most of us in this life and kids your age, they're entitled. They think that they deserve things. They're always asking things of their parents. I deserve to be getting this. You should be treating me this way. If I was a parent, I'd be doing things much different. That's pride. That's called entitlement. And entitlement creates bitterness and resentment in the heart that complains about everything. Are you a complainer? Do everything without grumbling and complaining. Instead, show thanksgiving, gratitude. After every meal, after every time you put on clean clothes, mom does the laundry, mom takes you to practice, mom takes you to school, dad takes you to wherever you're going to the sports practice. I just said that. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do that. Thank you for bringing me to Wednesday night. Thank you for spending time with me. Thank you for sacrificing for me. God's will is for us to give thanks. First Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in all circumstance for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It is characteristic of unbelievers to not give thanks. Romans 1 talks about that. Show gratitude. Show gratitude. Reverence, obedience, gratitude. Lastly, grace. Honor your father and mother by showing grace. I love what the Heidelberg Catechism says. He says this, what is God's will for you in the fifth commandment? And the answer is this, that I honor, love, and be loyal to my father and mother and all those in authority over me. That I submit myself with proper obedience to all their good teaching and discipline. And this is the key. And also that I be patient with their failings. I love how it says that. For through them, God chooses to rule us. As a parent, I'm going to let Eden down. I'm going to sin against her. I'm going to make mistakes. I might lose my patience with her. I might say things that are harsh. I'm a sinner. I'm a parent. I'm a sinner. Your parents are sinners as well. And I hope that every time I'm going to go and ask for forgiveness. But I also hope that you would show grace to your parents because they're sinners. Don't treat them as if they're Jesus, never sinning. Jesus is the sinless one. Your parents are sinners. And so you need to be patient. You need to show grace. The same amount of grace that you wish to be shown in Christ Jesus. When you fail, you make a mistake. Jesus doesn't go, oh, he did it again. See ya, kick to the curb. You're out of the family now. Good luck. No, he shows grace. And in the same way, you are to do the same. You need to show grace when they fail. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this about understanding the gospel. He says, whenever I see myself before God and realize something of what my blessed Lord has done for me at Calvary on the cross, I am ready to forgive anybody anything. I cannot withhold it. I don't even want to withhold it. The point is this, student. If if you're a Christian, you need to realize the forgiveness that you have received in Christ Jesus. And when you do, it should break you. You should be filled with so much gratitude that when you are wronged, you forgive as Christ has forgiven you. So do you show grace to your parents? The same grace that you long for. 
Or do you just write it off? Do you just write them off? See, everyone expects to be forgiven, but no one likes to forgive. <laughs> a person who never forgives is quick to forgive. They live a sadly, sad and lonely life. Their friends will leave them because your friends will make mistakes. And if you're not willing to forgive, you need to look to Jesus Christ. You need to repent. Honor your parents by showing the grace God has shown you, a full covering of forgiveness. You know, my, life, my wife grew up in more of a broken home. And she could, she could talk about this. You could ask her about it. And there's a lot of things that she could accuse, right, rightfully accuse her parents of doing wrong. She was sinned against in a lot of ways. But I love how she talks about her parents now, now that she's older. And as Christ has changed her heart. If you were to ask her, she would probably tell you, yeah, I went through really hard times. But now my perspective has changed. For she would tell you, through all the pain and all the sufferings, that her parents in those moments still did the best that they were trying to do. They did their best even though they weren't believers. That's what she would say. Yeah, I know I was neglected. I was hurt by my mom in these ways. But I know I could forgive her. She was trying her best. I forgive her. I love her. God has forgiven her. I'm going to show grace. He has forgiven me. I'm going to show grace. That's radical grace. That's radical grace. That, all, that has to be supernatural. And that only comes through receiving the grace of God. And it's exactly what you need, because I know that as soon as I started talking about this command, you got convicted. You started making excuses in your heart. You started to tune, tune me out, because you know you have broken this law. And you know you're a sinner. Deserving of wrath. And just as we are to show grace, I have good news for you, because God in Christ Jesus has shown grace to you. For we've all broken this command. We have not obeyed. We have not revered. We have not been thankful. We have not shown grace like we ought to. We're like the prodigal son. You know that story? The prodigal son story? It's the prime example of a son who literally dishonors and hates his parents, his dad. For we are like the prodigal son as one day... He was living with his dad, right? And he comes up to him and he says this, Father, give me the inheritance. What is he saying? Anyone know? Give me my inheritance. Is it BC's way of saying give me money? Yes, but when do you usually receive an inheritance? When your parents are dead. So what is he saying about his dad? Kill yourself. I wish you were dead. That's right. No, you're right. I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance now, is what the prodigal son says. And I love what this theologian pastor says. I'm just going to read it through. He says, And in demanding his inheritance immediately, the son was effectively wishing that his father was dead. He may not have cursed his father or mother out loud, but his actions revealed his heart's desire for them was to die. And after he left home, guess what he did with all of his money? He squandered it. He, he wasted it. He squandered the inheritance. There should have been no place for him to return to his household. Indeed, according to the law of Moses, he should have been executed. He should have been stoned for dishonoring his father in such a way. Yet, what does the father do? 
he runs after his son. He welcomes his son home, right? In spite of his sin, in spite of his transgression, he restores, uh, restoring the wholeness of the household was more important to the father than seeing strict punishment executed. The point is this, you deserve wrath, but God in Christ Jesus has shown you grace, just as the father does in the story. And instead of sending you to hell, he made a way for you to be saved. And the writer says this, the grace exhibited in the story would be impossible without the faithfulness of the son who told it. Jesus is telling that story. Unlike the prodigal son, Jesus honored and obeyed his father's wish for him to go into a far country. Not to waste his money, but to offer himself as a living sacrifice, right? His sacrificial death on the cross atones for all the times you and I have failed to honor our father and mother. And the good news is this, though we've failed, his perfect obedience to the Father is credited to our account. It's credited to us as if we were the ones honoring our father and mother. As a result, Christ's obedience, as a result of that, he restores the family of God. He restores us to God's family. We become children of the living God and are given an eternal inheritance in the heavenly land, which is called the promised land. See, it's only through Jesus Christ, the true obedient son. Only through him can you be saved, washed of your sins. And only through him can your lives be transformed to obey your father and mother. Friends, that's the good news. You've all failed this. You all deserve help. But God has sent Jesus Christ who died on the cross for your sins. And it's a free gift he offers forgiveness for anyone who trusts in him. Repent of your sin, confess your sin, and trust in Jesus Christ. You're like, it's so hard to honor my father and mother, and I do trust in Jesus Christ. Well, go to him. Go to Jesus. Go to your leaders. Primarily, go to Jesus and ask for help. He's giving you the Holy Spirit to help you. Friends, this is the gospel that has the power to save and transform your hearts to obey this command. And so, practical application for you, just as we close. As you're looking to Jesus Christ for help, you could go home tonight and honor your father and mother by doing these things. First, when they ask you to give you a command, this is how you should respond. Yes, mom. Yes, dad. That's it. Take out the trash, son. Yes, dad. Can you clean your room, daughter? Yes, dad. Yes, mom. Practical application. You could do that tonight. How about this? Second. Thank you, mom. Thank you, dad. Think about something that you could go home and thank your parents for tonight and get in the habit of showing gratitude. Third practical application. I'm sorry, mom and dad. I was wrong for dishonoring you. Don't say, I'm sorry for offending you. That's not, a, that's, not a forget, that's not asking for forgiveness. I know a lot of people do that. I'm sorry that you were offended by my rude comment, you know? No, I, I was wrong for this. Please forgive me. When was the last time you asked for forgiveness from your parents when you wronged them? Lastly, get in the habit of saying, hello. Talking to your parents. How are you? How was your day today? I know they always ask you, hey, how was school? Good. 
Eh, it was good. Have a conversation. Say hello. This is probably for some of the older people in the room too. I got it. My parents live 2,000 miles away. I got to call them up. Hello. How are you? How can I be praying for you? How can I love you? We need to be people who honor our father and mother. Proverbs 1, 8 through 9, just to end. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and a penance for your neck. Honor your father and mother. Father, we want to honor you in our obedience to our earthly parents. Lord, I pray that you would help these middle schoolers. Ultimately, I pray that you would save them. They need help. They need help. Save them so that they can obey out of a heart that wants to. And I pray that you would be preparing them. For one day, they will be parents themselves. And they will realize the weight and the cost and the sacrifice and the responsibility of what it means to be a father and a mother. I pray that you'd be preparing them for them for that. That they would live long in the land. That they would receive the blessings by honoring their parents now, today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.